Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. gentlemen welcome to the first part in a two-part series that i did together with random randy from the red thread podcast really fun dude that gets into all kinds of different topics much much different from my show and uh i mean random randy as he admits it's a great fit for his name because he is all over the place in the best way possible he's a really really fun guy to talk to uh, knowledgeable in a lot of, you know, kind of fringe theories, right? So this is the kind of stuff that I love, but I don't really focus on it much because I tend to, at least I feel like I have a knack for the geopolitics and all of these secret societies. Probably realistically, the number one thing that you don't want to talk about if you actually want to get a big show going, uh, you know, aliens are fun to talk about, safe topic flat earth pretty safe topic uh for some reason they just do not like you talking about geopolitics but you know i never said it was going to be easy so uh anyway we we get into this really really interesting book together which he brought across my attention called all tomorrows a billion year chronicle of the myriad species and mixed fortunes of man this is a book back in 2006 uh by a guy that went by the name uh Nemo Ramjet which I don't know why he had a pen name because he's very clear about his name now uh kind of seems like a uh you know maybe he was trying to be like keeping a low key and then once this book started getting some traction in the sci-fi world uh you know CM Kozeman comes out and tells you who he is now I think that you're going to see a lot more of this type of stuff as far as this science fiction and these like sort of you know Again, this is an idea of the future of man, you know, the evolution. And it's kind of like the idea where, you know, people think some scientists, some people that follow certain scientific theories, and I put that in heavy quotes, believe that man evolved from animals. And this is the exact opposite of that. This is if you continue that evolution, more animals will evolve out of man based on their personality types and their environment. Now, what's kind of fun is you probably know someone that fits into every single one of these creatures. They have human characteristics. A lot of them are bipedal, right? They walk on two, two feet, but some of them live in low gravity environments. So they get very tall, very lanky. They have brittle bones. Some are underground, but they still have human characteristics. Some look like squids. Some look like gray aliens. There's all kinds of different creatures. And I really encourage you, to check out the YouTube versions of both this episode, which this first episode has been out on YouTube for about a week. And uh, for my little YouTube channel, it's actually doing pretty well. It's a very visual heavy episode because we actually show all the creatures 
and how they, uh, you know, kind of our ideas on them. You know, we make some jokes here and there about their appearances and they're, they're weird, dude. It's a weird, weird fucking thing. And what's very interesting is the main, uh, God of all of these things, the superior alien species, so to speak, is called the Q, the QU. But we all know about a Q here. That was kind of a God to a certain gullible folk. Um, and this again, this is back in 2006. This is before QAnon was really in the mainstream. I don't even know if it was a thing yet at all to like the most fringe of QTards. So fascinating stuff. And I hope that you uh, will absolutely check out the YouTube version. Very visual heavy. Um, but I'm releasing both of these in the same day. So if you're listening to this one first, you're doing it in the right order. After this, if you're interested in the first half, please check out the second half. Uh, which will be released the same day. You'll be able to access them both and uh, either listen to them here or listen to them on the Red Thread podcast uh, because, you know, Random Randy is uh, a newer show. He's a great dude. I believe he's on Spotify and most of the other platforms other than Apple. So uh, show some love to the new podcasters. At the very least, guys, leave them a five-star review. I, I always ask that of these new podcasters, um, you know, that you, that you show them love like that. It takes two seconds and it makes all the difference for them. So, let me plug my stuff. Not that you need to hear it, but patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. I'm going to be releasing a nice two hour long conversation for the uh, Patreon subscribers under the $10 tier every month. You're going to get a, a, a more of a conversational episode over there under that $10 tier. Trying to add more things for those people that give me the most support over there, at least monetary support, right? Um, it is a, a huge deal to get that $10 a month for, from several different people. So we just did our fun little uh, conversation on the 29th. Uh, this is coming at you the 31st of January. And uh, man, it is just, uh, it's cool. It's cool to see that community uh, over there at the patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. It's really cool to see that grow. And uh, every $50, you're going to be getting a custom shirt. You know, a lot of it's going to be like dyed, not necessarily tie dye, but, uh, you know, unique patterns with like the Dangerous World logo or maybe some kind of conspiratorial phrase on it, uh, all made by yours truly. And uh, just appreciate that, guys. But of course, there's the three and $5 tiers. So hope to see you at patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast if you're not already there. Of course, DangerousWorldStore.com. You can get the regular shirts that I make. Government is the virus, conspiracy realist, the OG logo. I'm going to come out with a few more, but I've been so freaking busy, guys. It's crazy. I actually had the intention to release um, a Doomsday Clock episode that I've been kind of teasing, not intentionally, for the better part of two weeks, it feels like. But rest assured, the research is deep in that. Talk about the board members. We talk about some of the founders. We talk about some of the societies, both secret and out there in the open that the board members are part of. And I'll give you a hint. It's a lot of one world order stuff, new world order, one world government, um, you know, very, very interesting group of people. And I'm stoked to get that out to you guys. And uh, I was noticing there's not, there's not hardly anything as far as podcasts go in the conspiratorial world on the doomsday clock. So you're going to be getting some very unique information there. And there will be a really great Patreon segment for that too. We've got the episode completely planned out. And again, we're going to release that tonight or record it tonight, release it tomorrow. 
And uh, this new dog, Ozzy, just would not shut the hell up. He wants to walk around when when things get quiet. And uh, I was getting frustrated. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like, dude, this is stupid. Uh, But, you know, it's a new dog. He's not used to what's going on. So we just got to be patient. Something I'm not terribly good at. But, uh, you know, we'll get him there. We'll get him there, you know. And this episode will be coming out this week. I promise. I am. I'm making that a hard, hard promise. It'll probably be released Thursday evening. So, doomsday, baby. We know it's coming. So, oh hell, it's got to at some point, right? And who knows how long this this uh, model can continue going. And last but not least, guys, Manscaped.com. Please enter the promo code Danger if you decide to go over there and get yourself some superior shaving equipment. Okay, you'll get twenty percent off plus free shipping. Um, Danger, D A N G E R. And it's not just in the United States. They do Canada. They do the United, they, uh, the United Kingdom. They do a lot of countries. So just check it out. Uh, wherever you're living, they will, uh, hook it up. Free shipping. You can't beat that. And, uh, I mean, especially when you're getting into like boxed goods, t shirts are pretty free to ship, you know, three bucks, five bucks, depending on where you're at. Boxes like that, dude, they get expensive quick. It's crazy. The post office is bending you over and just really jamming it in, breaking it off in you. Uh, so yeah, guys, manscaped.com slash danger for the promo code, or I guess just promo code danger. Uh, let's roll into this, man. All tomorrow's by CM Kozeman, aka Nemo Ramjet or Ramjet. I don't know exactly how you pronounce it. He's a Turkish author. Fascinating stuff. Look into this like this is reality in a few years, you know, a few decades, I should say, or generations, maybe, because it is incredibly interesting. And again, artwork, check out the artwork at the YouTube guys for Dangerous World. Thanks for your continued support. And I hope that you make it through this one and then go check out episode two. Um, why don't you uh, kind of give your plugs up front here? Because you know people. Oh, for for fans. sure, yeah, yeah. Um, you can find me random fracts, like the word fractal. So just use that thought. Random fracts on Instagram. Um, the Red Thread podcast is on Podbean, Spotify, Podcast Addict. So far, um, so yeah, you can find me there. Uh, feel free, you know, anybody if you're wanting to inquire about anything we speak about or anything else, just drop me a, a DM on Instagram. I'm open to that. So yeah. Yeah, man. And this is a very visual episode. That's why we're putting this on YouTube. So this will be out on YouTube uh, the same day that we, that we record it. And then the audio on my end will come out after uh, Randy feels like he wants to put it up. If you feel like it, man, it's all it's all up to yeah, you. But... Yeah, we can we can put it up as soon as it comes out. I'm game with cool. that. Um, it's it's interesting. We may have to do, you know, like a part two to follow up on some of these uh, species or as I kind of think of them, aspects of man, you know, that are in this book. Um, it's it's a very very visual kind of introduction though we definitely need to have the visual uh, you know the, way, the first time around um point people in the direction to take a look at it too because it's super interesting yeah dude the way that i see these things is like caricatures of personalities i think that you laid it out a different way but it's it's fascinating and so i'm excited to show the audience here like these different creatures and the way that um, I, I want you to kind of do the, the bulk of the explaining here because you found this. But first of all, dude, before we get into this book, like what made you take the route that you're taking in your research where, like you said, you're kind of all over the place, but it's in a great way. I mean, like usually people um, find niches and you seem to be at one moment. you're yeah, I'm kind of anti niche. <laughs> yeah, know, that's almost. the thing. I mean, that's um, great. And and it's it's like, you know, I got really pretty stuck in Tartaria for a good number of months there. 
Um, and, you know, after researching all of that stuff, uh, I was really hard pressed to find something, uh, whether it be like a political aspect of, of life or social aspect of life or psychological things that don't tie in to Tartaria itself. And as that all kind of ties together, you, you wind up going down roads like you do, Ryan, with the secret societies and a little bit more of the black book type of situation of, of our country and our world. And um, so that's interesting too. And, you know, after, after starting my podcast and, and reaching out to people and finding out um, how like secular, I guess, or specific in, in, in research, a lot of people are, um, I just didn't necessarily feel that that was, that was for me. I, I like to just keep my channels open uh, if you will. Um, and kind of allow whatever to present itself um, because it seems like no matter where I point my attention, there's something very relevant there that, that people could benefit from the knowledge of. And like with this particular book, it just, I kind of stumbled upon it. You know how we, we do as conspiracy theorists or, you know, uh, esoteric buffs. We like to kind of go down these rabbit holes. And, you know, as I was looking at something else one day, this popped up in audiobook format. Um, but it also had the the snips of the the photos uh, of the images in there. So I was able to kind of really see that there was something here that kind of speaks to people's humanity. And it's weird because it's called All Tomorrows. But, um, you know, the author, C.M. Kozeman, was on a, a podcast, Alt-Shift-X podcast. And he was talking about um, how he was wanting to call it All Yesterdays. And I guess his his co-writer or the other illustrator was like, now let's go with all tomorrows. So that, that kind of gives it a little bit more mystery, kind of like the Star Wars situation, you know, in a galaxy, uh, you know, in the future, far, far away. <laughs> you know, it kind of distances it from from people's here and now, which I think, you know, we need sometimes, um, which is why, like, a lot of fictions are beneficial to the the human condition, um, because we're able to stand back from these stories a little bit and not feel so offended by whatever's going on in these yeah. stories. Um, that's the biggest barrier. I think it's like people get super offended when something hits too close to home, you know? So we, we kind of have to, as, as people spin these things into lore or fictions, you know, in order to teach these, these lessons, I mean, um, you know, I know the Christians probably hate when you talk about the Bible as if it was lore, but essentially it's, it's a guidebook, just like any other good fiction. Um, not saying that these things in the Bible maybe didn't happen, but they are penned down by a person. You know, you have to admit at a certain point, somebody wrote this stuff. So you have to allow, you know, the understanding that, that humans, people, we are inherently flawed. Um, it's honestly probably the most beautiful thing about us is we all have our individual strengths. And um, while some other people, you know, kind of going back to why so random, there's a lot of people out there that run with their specific direction. And uh, I feel like that there have to be some people out there to kind of acquire these, these branches of knowledge and kind of bring that fruit down, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and make my own dissemination and my own interpretation and present that to others. Um, you know, uh, whether it's people that, that just know me in person or a different group of people that maybe would listen to my podcast than anyone else's. I think that that's very true. People tend to gravitate towards their specific tastes and you try to get them to budge in any way, shape or form. And that's, you know, a difficult thing to do, but if you can kind of, uh, source different pieces of information and tie them together in a fun and interesting way, 
and um, not necessarily have like an agenda because <laughs> I really I, I couldn't tell you what the end game is. Ryan. <laughs> you know what I mean? For, For like, sure. All, all of this stuff. Um, and I feel like there are a lot of writers and um, creators out there that have like set agenda. And I kind of just dove into this thing, you know, open hearted and open minded um, without a set agenda for a hot minute there. It was like I was stuck on Tartaria. But the more I started to realize how this ties in with fiction and fantasy and a lot of the the untold stories, the more I started to look in other directions, because you can find whatever information you want in the archives at Library of Congress. Yeah. Um, you can find this this side of the argument or this side of the argument. That's you know, why it's I mean, such a beautiful system. I mean, it's set up perfectly. You know, we have we have a, a lot of flaws in the way that our governments ran. But I mean, you, you mentioned South Park earlier before I think we were before we were even recording. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's that episode where uh, Cartman travels back to the revolutionary times, 1776. Yeah. And, you know, they're sitting there talking like, yeah, like, let's make a system where half the the society can be a bunch of like pussies and then half the society can be a bunch of like over the top what we would call today (laughs) toxic masculine men and they can really balance each other out in a healthy way i don't think that they had any intention of it being healthy i told you that quote that george (laughs) washington had where he said like something along the lines i'm paraphrasing big time here but he was saying that he didn't have any intention on Freemasonry and secret societies really infiltrating the United States, but no one is happier about that than he is. And this is in George Washington's words, again, paraphrased, but, right. um, you know, and that's what, what makes these kinds of conversations interesting about this, this uh, author's really interesting idea on what, uh, obviously it's a work of fiction, but it sure does seem like if you were to call it all yesterdays, like you wanted. Uh, I don't think it's not just as catchy, but I think that it has something to do with, yeah, there may be something to this idea that rather than man evolving from animals, animals, animals evolve from man, right? I mean, and that makes a lot more sense if you're viewing things from a biblical worldview, which I don't know exactly if I'm all in on that idea, but, um, you know, they, the, the hardcore, uh, you know, Christians and people that are, are very religious tend to think, that the world was built for man, right? Uh, right? More new age people think that we all need to live together. And I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle there. I don't think that we should just go around as humans, just totally fucking everything up. Um, but at a certain point, it's like, yes, a human's life does mean more than a cow's or than a deer or or any other kind of animal that we may eat. So yeah, and that's the interesting thing about this book, too, is it kind of breaks down the, the proposition of what if in the distant past, um, keep in mind, this book is written from a point of view of an entity a billion years in the future after the end of all all man life, all humankind life. Right. So this is coming from that point of view. So um, which is part of the reason why you look at it. If you think of it as all yesterdays, it makes a little more sense, because from the point of the view of the narrator, uh, you're a billion years in the future after everything's said and gone. So. Um, so uh, when you and as the people will see these these different images of some of these, uh, we can call them species or types of man. Um, I think another uh, version of a title could have been the many faces of man. So that, again, speaks to the personalities of people. And the crazy thing is, is uh, that really caught my eye right out of the gate is this starts off with 
um, man on Mars. Now, now whether man had to move to Mars, um, you know, after destroying Earth or what the situation was there, it doesn't, you know, doesn't break down all that part of the lore in this story. Um, but it does start off uh, with humanity uh, being based or, or at least partially, uh, you know, expanding to Mars. And um, the interesting thing about after the Mars situation more or less stops, um, like man goes out and starts to populate you know, the universe. And this is all during a time of like an energetic alignment. And it's super interesting because you know how like Ari Aslan talks about, um, you know, the, the old uh, Saturnian sky and the different um, alignments happening in the heavens that allowed for a uh, free flow of, of energy and information is basically the gist of, of what that alignment does which is why, you know, astronomical alignments have certain effects on people's personalities or on their, you know, good or bad fortune sometimes, um, because there is an energetic alignment. It ties into the plasma universe or electric universe theory, or you can actually probably call it more of an understanding now, because there's a lot more concrete evidence to support uh, this energetic type of a situation going on here. I think more people would be open to uh to seeing things that way you know if if it wasn't so like kind of shadow banned you know you have a lot of reactors and things around the world that are just self-organizing plasma um they call them oftentimes nuclear you know <laughs> and so um there's a lot of stuff hidden right right behind you know locked doors that that leads me to you know that the rumors of lead me to look at a, a story like this that starts off in mars with uh, a later kind of insight on that energetic alignment later in the book, which is really interesting. And, and yeah, this all came out in 2006. So we're, we're talking, um, you know, what, 15, almost, 16 years ago. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty good, pretty good period of time, uh, you know, to, to be out there. And it's interesting that within that period of time, also, you have uh, folks like Ari Aslan coming out and talking about this uh, ancient, um, alignment of of you know of the heavens basically um that would have linked you know earth and mars at least is is supposed to be like almost a you know shoe in like like this this was the way it was in the past whether you believe in space or not is regardless the the pictures that they're showing of mars having these structures that there are equals to on earth is suggestive of you know a population living in both places of a similar origin, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's just crazy. So that's just how it starts with the Martian Americans, you know, well, real I mean? quick, Randy, there's something really interesting that you were talking about when we were kind of going over what we wanted to do here. Um, it does seem in a way, especially for like this new, I mean, Elon Musk, like all the stuff that he's up to. And, you know, I was going to I was about to say NASA, but it seems more SpaceX, more of these new people. Right. The the new guys getting in the game. You have a lot of focus on Mars, almost like you said, it's like, are we on Mars right now? You know, like, you know, who's to say that, you know, just right. because we call this Earth. It doesn't mean that we're actually the third rock away from the sun. We could be the, the this. Could, we could, we could very well be on Mars. And how are we going to fucking know? You yeah, know, we, honestly, we all they work. have to do is name, 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 stamp titles on things. And, you know, these people in charge are very good at stamping titles on everything in order to dominate and control it. Right. Um, yeah. There's kind of another theory about Earth actually being spelled heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's an anagram. 
Right. So, so, I mean, we may very well just be living it on, you know, in the heart of, of this realm and that's well, why dude, it was called you heart know, and they mixed it up and now it's earth. So yeah. there's a lot of ways you could go with the names of things. Um, but there's like something real, I mean, dude, this, this, this idea here that, you know, the, the earth from a biblical perspective, again, was built for man, right? The symbol for Mars is the man symbol, right? Just like Venus is the female symbol. Um, right. Now, I'm not one of these like hardcore misogynists. I make a lot of jokes, but in reality, I think that, yeah, men and women are equal. Obviously, men are better at some things. Women are better at other things. Um, but it sure does seem, especially in the older days, that that Earth, this planet that we live on, this plane, this realm, whatever you want to call it, is it, it's more fitting for men, right? If technology has gone yeah, men are, are and, and all law is gone. Men are going to probably do better than women are, right? And it's just, well, it's, 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 yeah, it's really hard to say. And, you know, uh, now that you mentioned, you know, um, men being from Mars, you know, women supposedly from Venus yeah. and where, where's Earth supposedly right in the middle, right? Yeah. What do we have exactly. here? Fucking both of us, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so it may very well be that at some point in the past, this was the case. Or uh, the way I like to look at, at planets is, um, simultaneous dimensions stacked on top of each other. Okay. This is why they're finding, you know, duplicates for certain um, landmarks on, on Mars as they look through the Mars portal, which is that light in the sky, right? They're seeing yeah. the light from Mars. I believe that's true. I don't necessarily believe that they could fly up into the sky and get there um, without some form of harmonic matching, you know, in order to access that gate. You know, there's, there's a, there's something to that and there's something to, this you know firmament uh situation as well um I, I mean just about everybody in this community has seen the the videos of the rockets skimming along what looks like making waves in the sky as they kind of slide along the sky up there so there's really strange stuff uh you know there personally i think that it's just an octave higher of existence so we don't permeate that layer you know we, we don't vibrate the same frequency so it's just like you know one hand clapping on another um, this is all energy. Nothing's ever actually touching. So you would have the same situation, you know, based on density and frequency, whether you go up or you go down, mm. you know, at a certain point, it gets so dense and and hot that I'm sure that there's a different octave of existence, you know, quote unquote, below us as well. So, um, yeah, it's well, when you say really above crazy. and below, it doesn't mean that they're necessarily higher or lower than us. They could be here and we just don't have the that's ability it, yeah, to see them, right? We and we don't have the verbiage to explain something like exactly. that either. So that that is crazy in itself. Same thing with past and present, um, or past and future. You know, those are the only two words that we have to describe this this idea, which really kind of deserves a little bit more uh, <laughs> you know, more a little bit more focus and a little bit more verbiage. Uh, to like disseminate what past means um, because again and again you have these ideas like in Star Wars where this takes place long ago but you know sometimes it's, it'll be like far away but in the future but like to us that's long ago and the light takes so long to travel here so we're sure. effectively looking at the past so you go around in circles about that and so it's super nuts and then like so so getting back to this book um, when you you start to look through it it starts off with this, this civil war, uh, you know, and, and that's super interesting because there's a lot of people that speak about this Martian war that happened. A lot of people think that the Vedic texts describing the Vimanas and all this other stuff are explaining this like war of, of Mars and earth 
um, basically the war of men, you know, these, these gods were men like usually that were battling in the sky. They had, you know, faces like ours and <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and wore jewelry like we do and a lot of very similar things to what we know as humans do. So. Yeah, dude, I think it's interesting too, that these, these people, I heard something when we were really kind of just looking into this barely that the first people to set foot on mars weren't astronauts they were children barefooted walking on artificial grass you know what i mean it's just an interesting idea and i think that with the fascination of space i mean you know matt and i were talking about this from the great deception you know recently you've really seen a wave of nasa fans i mean you know space is just something that people are obsessed with and obviously that's always been the case but it's getting really mainstream. You're seeing NASA merch over at Walmart. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like you have people that are bitching and complaining about, you know, uh, Nazis. And then they're wearing a NASA shirt, these social justice warrior types. So it's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> dude, these star yeah, people. Um, yeah, they, they so the star people um, were would have been, you know, let's consider them the, the main first ancestor, right? of of these races that were put on mars and and put on on earth so these these would have left what the earth long ago became star people became adept at living in the void you know basically um so stanley kubrick makes a reference to this too in in space odyssey 2001 right right and and so the crazy thing about space uh odyssey 2021 is he's leaning more towards the uh the technological arc um, that's kind of what the the monolith, um, you know, signifies is is like an AI technological arc, which um, yes, these star people put in into play and and send you know the genetic material um, and all that stuff, and it takes, um, but you know, based on what this book says, like epochs for these ships to get there, you know, um, even though the the NASA wants to tell us that it only takes six months at less than fucking half the speed of light or whatever, you know, to get to Mars, but apparently, you know, there's there's a longer way around when you're transferring uh, like genetic material and, and that sort of thing. So they sent a lot of, you know, biologics there and, and turn Mars into, you know, a green lush planet. And then, um, you know, that took extended periods of time. Uh, A lot of these species and a lot of these beings um, like the star people and some of these machine uh, entities that, that we'll talk about a little later, um, they kind of have a timeless feel to them, yeah. you know, like, like they don't <laughs> understand a year. Like we understand a year. If you're out there, you know, drifting in the void and constantly thinking, constantly creating, right. Coming up with concepts, what, what to implement and you're in the void. So in the void, you have, you know, whether you want to believe in gravity or not, you have a kind of a suspended state, um, you know, with, with the only thing acting on anything else is like the torsion field of itself and other things. This is how things interact in space, whether you want to call it gravity or not. Um, you know, there's these torsion fields, these values to certain bodies in space. So these would have that same thing. They would be able to manipulate things um, kind of like we're told uh, they can manipulate things in zero G that they simply cannot manipulate here on earth. Well, so, what about the the scare of, you know, global warming and all these things? Um there's a focus on trying to expand because we, you know, they say, they tell us we only have one planet, right? 
Now, if we if we were to actually be able to wide scale move to Mars or move to whatever other planet they're telling us that we're moving to, who's to say that they're actually taking these people to Mars? What if they're just taking them to like a biodome or like a bio? Yeah, I'm I'm really under the uh, impression that that's, uh, you know, like you see on um, um, Resident Evil, the hive underground, you know, Um, I'm pretty sure that there are situations like that whether you want to go under the ocean like off of an oil carrier or oil rig you know and you go underwater and um i don't know if you ever saw sequest that movie or that show back way back in the day would have been in the 90s sequest and um so they had these in this show they had these giant uh you know submarines that were basically cities uh you know upon themselves under the water and you know with the led technology we have you could easily project windows you know, underwater and pretty much make people believe they're on a fucking dead desert planet. I mean, if you really wanted to, um, and then just give them, you know, the piece of information like, Oh, we're, you have gravity. Cause we have a gravity fucking maker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're already implementing this in science fiction with this, you know, they spin, they have centrifugal gravity, so on. Right. Um, so they're just putting these impressions. Yeah. I'm glad you brought this up. Cause I a hundred percent believe there's something to that. And something to the scaring people off of this planet. Well, you're talking about desert planets, dude. I mean, this is Matt and I just together did a uh, uh, we went through half of a 113 slide presentation from NASA. We're going to do the other half here soon. But um, there is blatantly they say that the desertification um, I pronounced it desertification because I was just reading fast. But the desertification, they're going to take, you know, these lush forests and turn them into deserts. Um, now, you have a theory that this could have been what California was, you know, Southern California with these, and Texas, where these massive oil fields are Yeah, now. and especially the Middle East. Yeah, 100%. Um, especially after moving out here to the Midwest and seeing the, the biomass get laid down year after year. When they cut the crops down, you know, they harvest the corn. They, they chop and then just till all of that cellulose, all of that plant material, they till it back into the ground. So they're just stacking year after year after year. So in these lush places where you're growing crops over and over again, this is what you do to maintain the soil, uh, especially, you know, prior to uh, nitrate based fertilizers, you would have to, you know, till the soil, you would have to keep it rich with biomass in order for it to be productive. So it's like mulch have, for gardens. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly where, where, in my opinion, oil comes from is, um, you know, I don't know that it takes as long to be created on the planet as as we're told. Then again, when you step back from our realm into a timeless kind of point of view, it doesn't fucking matter how long it takes. And, you know, if there's an in between it between civilizations that we just don't know about and we kind of run everything back to back in our heads, like who's to say that that flood cataclysm didn't leave a couple million year gap? You know what I mean? Where we weren't around and this shit was fossilizing or whatever, but I'm more apt to think of it as an electrical event that causes chemical reactions and changes within everything in this realm. So that's why a lot of people say you have these, these um, mounds or mountains that look like animals. And when they break them open, the stone on the inside looks like the organs of the animals. And there's a lot of different, you know, shout outs to that sort of thinking when you look at it that way, and if you look at oil as just a, a chemically induced product or a electrically induced product, like you have live basically a cellulose matter 
And um, and this is how they make, you know, alcohol fuels and canola oils and all this stuff out of plants now. Like um, it's so it's not a, a far cry to think that some form of electrical event couldn't expedite or or even produce these oil products. And, you know, and these families in charge of this oil situation are the same ones that are, you know, using that oil to create these biomass fields. So that when the next cataclysm comes and covers everything in dirt and say the sun flips or whatever it does, the moon turns on and the sun turns off, if that's what happens. And the poles you know, flipping. None, none of right. us know, right? None of us know. And and it may not be just like a magnetic pole flip, but an electrical pole flip. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, the moon absorbing and the sun putting out, maybe it flips around. We don't, you know, we don't know. We don't have the information. We've got stories that talk about the moon being a different thing in the past and, yeah. and the sun also being a different thing, maybe possibly being Saturn um, as well as possibly being Jupiter, like way out in the, in the past. And so like if all of those different things, the sun being Jupiter or Saturn could be a possibility, it, it really kind of lends, I don't know, some credence to a book like this, where you're going into the more biological creature you know, kind of side of things. And, and it's, it's honestly, it's kind of a surreal um, feeling you get from looking at these paintings. A lot of them, I guess, are paintings. Um, so that's they're beautiful. Cool. I mean, there, there's <laughs> something, there's something really interesting about them. Just, I mean, we're going to get into, I don't know the how inspiration many inspiration behind it is amazing. You yeah, know I what mean, I mean? Just like that's little, like this thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it you can yeah that's possibly just life on another yeah life on another planet possibly and supposedly these things are uh copper based so they have like ron from new england they're copper based yeah <laughs> so, they're so, so they've got three legs like ron from new new england you know he's, probably got <laughs> he's got legs. a third leg he'll tell you that <laughs> yeah so you know these things uh are a little bit different you know what i mean um they are this one right here kind of looks like ron this little one with the neck <laughs> <laughs> not no, the big gonna, one he's gonna not the, no that's me uh, i'm well, this big see, one crazy crazy thing is is this big one is is a mammal kind of reminiscent of a penguin is yeah. basically how they explain it but with claws well yeah know? these rake claws would be like digging for food right i mean it, it's just um it, it, you can laugh it off you can think it's goofy but there is something to be said about and, these and see creatures. this reminds me of a tauntaun kind of you know it's the snow beast and like on that that snow planet in star wars you had the tauntaun that was like the only creature you saw out on the snow so you know just saying it it just gave me that feeling but yeah. here's where it get where it caught me right this here. is interesting it's, is is this um we all know what q represents nowadays right but in 2006 when this guy wrote this book um the uh we we can call them the distortionists of the galaxy right that stir up trouble and undo uh you know god's holy creations if you will are called the q Mm. (laughs) Mm. and uh you know the picture uh do we have the the picture of what these things look like reminiscent of a dragonfly you said this is god's unholy creation is q yeah, pretty much. This is this is the one that comes around and distorts everything that's implemented divinely, right? But you, the weird thing about this concept is you have to have something like this in order for duality to to be a thing in the universe, right? So you would almost always have to have an arch villain to a superhero, right? Like there's always kind of that that balance, um, you know, and like like in Batman when Batman comes out and starts 
fucking cleaning up the world or whatever, then boom, here comes Joker to fuck things up, right? So, you know, this is kind of uh, echoed throughout time in in our realm currently as well. There's always uh, a heel, (laughs) you know, or or someone that... I mean, you look at this too, this whole thing, this for some reason, I may be just like putting my own thoughts onto this, but it reminds me of like a Baphomet type figure. And over here to like, if you're looking at the screen to the left, this thing that looks like a, like a, like an old fashioned uh, bomb, like a ball with a little fuse coming out of it. That's like a male figure. And then the one over here to the right is a female figure. It looks like to me. I mean, it it, it really does. It really does. It's like a, a grotesque spin on on these concepts and 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 yeah you know you you got to look at things like all right from the writer's point of view the inspirations would be of this world would be things that he knows about you know on this planet right and you do notice how it's like an inverted uh man like the man is the man is uh you know also has five spokes if you will you know head two arms two legs um but this this creature up here uh, very reminiscent of like a satyr or uh, you know a Baphomet character, which with the bottom half of a goat would also have a tail yep. in a sense. Um, so so yeah, it's so this is the distortion uh, representation of distortion, not necessarily destruction. Um, so that that comes later. <laughs> that comes with the the advent of of later on. There are certain um, AI type groups or holier than thou type groups, kind of like we deal with today, that are hell bent on destruction. And those those are also included in the universe or in this lore. But um, yeah, so there's like an inverse picture of what humanity is in these Q. And, um, you know, it's it's also kind of interesting to me that these things are called the Q. They're the implementation of chaos. You know, there we go. The representation of of the chaos engine in the universe. Right. It's going to go and and undo shit. And, you know, that's what Trump was supposed to be for these people that, that still follow him. Right. Right. And you got got this Q situation. Exactly. Dude, this man underneath here, I'm sure people recognize that it's exactly just a copy of Da Vinci's uh, Vitruvian man. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously everyone knows who Da Vinci is. I'm sure that everyone's seen that man. It's super Uh, interesting that it's, that it's, printed on this painting yeah like that they this. chose that and, and it's also upside down well yeah it's the follow you know, man right yeah, this is when so, q rises up yeah and that's and the q. So, so you know yeah that's the q and and they are master genetic manipulators they are um they are uh the anunnaki dare i say possibly you know what i mean there's a that kind of vibe to them and their goal is to because they cannot stand the rise of man they cannot stand having competition in the universe uh for the the rights of creation basically um dude they they decide to implement situations with humanity to in some cases remove the humanity from them or to confine them within bodies that do them no service right like um the body of a of a llama you know, or, or the, the body of a, a worm, uh, any number of situations. Cause like, like in the garden of Eden, in the beginning, there was only man. And so this serpent, this Q, this, uh, chaos engine comes in and shakes things up and, and screws it up a bit. And then, Ooh, I like you know, that. 
I like yeah, that and and then you have like this this fracturing of of humanity, and um, you know they're still working on this fra- fracturing of humanity today with all these titles and all of these. You're a boy. You're a girl. You're it. He, she, we, they, zims, or all this yeah. other shit. When realistically, just learn to be self. Yeah, just be yourself, That's it. dude. That's it. That's it's the only thing easier. there is. It's the only thing there is is self. I you know really I mean? like this, what they say right here. Um, it's, uh, you know, for, for audio listeners, a mile high Q pyramid towers over the silent world that once housed 4 billion souls. Such structures are the hallmark of Q and they can be seen on every habitable world they pass through. So we've seen pyramids on Mars, allegedly, uh, mm-hmm. Antarctica, where no one's ever lived. There's pyramids, right? There's probably pyramids on every freaking planet. And it's just kind of an interesting uh, take that uh this q uh, uh built them and again if you're listening only on audio um yeah q go, go is take not a look go take a look on youtube and and or look at this book um all tomorrows it's it's everywhere you can find it it's a PDF yeah out there. this is one of those things where you just got to look at this stuff man but yeah q is not spelled just q but it's q u right so i mean you get um you get a little bit of a variation it there. specifies a sp- certain creature or entity or type of entities and, um, you know, for, for people that are of like a spiritual nature, think of the chaos engine that is, you know, whether you'd like to admit it or not, Satan is a chaos engine. He's, he brings light to things in order to stir it up. You know what I mean? If everybody knew all the, all the positive things about the world, how fun would it be to live here? Right. We got to mm-hmm. find these things out as our life goes on. That's part of the joy of it. Of course. It's kind of breaking this stuff down. But so, um, yeah, so these Q essentially wipe out the planet, right? They wipe out Earth. Um, they try to prevent or stop like man's expansion, you know, any more than they already had been. Apparently, this is in a time where man had a number of planets and the Q came and basically wiped them all out and harvested their genetic material. Um, and uh, so, you know, in a weird, twisted sense of humor, these these q started creating offshoots of of people you know in order to populate these worlds again in their own image or in their own way which was just like a twisted bastardized island of dr moreau type Mm -hmm. situation you know what i mean it was a weird backwards evolution um that you know it's weird uh to say this out loud especially like on airs it makes a lot of sense to me that something like this may very well have and you know just keep an open mind people (laughs) that's the only thing only suggestion i have for humanity is keep an open mind you see how crazy and weird shit is getting um so imagine how crazy and weird shit may have been (laughs) you know yeah when you don't have the ability to share the information um you know these these weird like the the internet it's such a great thing i mean that's you how you and i are communicating right now and then this is getting out to people um when these things aren't around, who knows what the hell's going on, man? Because with all this out here, with all this technology, we still don't know even a fraction of what's actually going on. Yeah, so, we dude, still have these these labels are you know the biggest problem. I think. Granted, we have to have labels in our society the way it's sure. built, the way it works, um, professions, labels, so on. But um, hopefully, more people are are realizing that, um, and and that's that we are all of of one essentially denomination you know we are all humanity um and the cool thing about this book is it allowed me to take a look at my humanity um and the humanity of others 
and see different aspects to the, their personalities or their mannerisms yeah. through, through the lens of these different creatures in this book. Like the first one that pops up right here is, is the worm people, right? So just imagine, use your little, little imaginations and fire that up. These worm people would have been the most basic form, a nematode, the most basic form of life. You know, but imagine at some point in the past, these things had consciousness, like, you know, like mole people, right? We hear a lot about ant people. We hear, we hear a lot of uh, underground entities and things, um, you know, um, and it even gets even, even cooler a little later on. I can't wait to get through here, but dude, yeah, these, people, these drawings alone are just insane, man. Like yeah, it, it really does make your mind wonder a little bit. It does this inspiration. And I believe all inspiration comes from, from God or from, you know, the, the spiritual muse in the sky. You know what I mean? Yeah. People become inspired through an avenue that's outside themselves most mm -hmm. of the time, especially, you know, left-brained or right-brained artists. Um, and so what the these worm people would do, I mean, like what, they would just bury themselves. And like they, you said, they would like just dig. They, they would just dig. And if they came across uh, food, they would eat it. And if they came across another worm, they would either fuck it or eat it. And, and that was their existence. They, they yep. served that purpose. And, and that was it. So binary um, existence. Right. And so these Q, they just broke humanity into all these different like fauna, maybe not so much flora, you know, but, but fauna, the different animals. And uh, because, you know, they saw essentially they saw what God had made. And they're like, no, fuck that. We're going to have a say, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And so they just, you know, pulled the sentient creature from the planet, you know, the highest evolved thing and said, boom, we're knock you back a peg, fucking slug them in the chest with genetic engineering and, and knock them back to simpler versions of themselves. Um, the crazy thing, though, is like it talks about in this book that these things still had sentience for an extended period of time after they were genetically modified. So that's pretty scary to think that these things would yeah. be like digging underground and be completely aware and completely, uh, you know, conscious of their own thoughts for millions of years. Well, and you know, think about it. If you're, if you're a person um, and you go through some trauma, right. Uh, now, obviously there's varying degrees of people probably listening and people just everywhere that have different degrees of trauma, but you adapt, right. I mean, like this is how people, if you're in a shitty situation long enough, your brain adapts to it and you, it, that just becomes normal to you. So yeah. in the case of these worm people, yeah, they're digging around, they're eating shit. They're, they're either when they see an, a fellow worm, they're deciding, do I want to eat this person or fuck this person? You know, it's yeah. a very, it's a, it's a disgusting and a sad way to think about it, but it's, you know, the reality in this book. So it's just, well, a and, and we, we also kind of, we run into this, um, you know, in a very like metaphoric kind of way in our own lives. I, you know, I don't speak for everybody, but I definitely speak for myself where uh, there was a period in, in my life where those were the only two fucking things on my mind either was, do I eat it or do I fuck it? You know? <laughs> and so like, so, you know, the, these, each of these creatures kind of speaks and can, you can allow it to kind of mirror, uh, you know, yourself if you're, if you're open to it. And that's the cool thing about being able to look at something like this through different eyes and not just going, uh-uh that can't be real or going or buying 100 percent into it and going oh that's 100 percent fucking real that's boom stamp on it that's yeah. the one i'm running with you know but to come from a place in the middle where you can look and go well shit we've all been a worm person from time to time right just oh, being yeah. along and on autopilot and then it comes well, down think, and you got these titans 
that's one of the super interesting here (laughs) yeah dude that well that's one of the things is that you know there's there's out of each one of these characters we can probably pick one that we relate to the most right now but it seems like you know each human that's alive today that's like well-rounded well-versed in life probably has a little bit of each one of these little characteristics in them whether it's the worm whether it's the titan whether it's the colonials yes yes 100 percent, and uh and that's the create and even in in a kind of a very spiritual and you know energetic embodiment of all of these things you know what i mean um people are often used to thinking so materially that you can't respect and understand that like you're an ever-flowing ever-changing person yeah. you know what i mean uh, some days we will be as a warm person digging along do i fuck it or do i eat it and that's it you know and other days we might be you know in a situation where like this titan here um which is just basically roaming around the plains uh kind of in a with a booming voice and brute brute strength to modify you know the the surroundings and the crazy thing that about this titan here is is you have this elephantine kind of trunk mm-hmm. that that comes off of the lower lip which is similar to uh you know an elephant and what do you know about elephants you know an elephant never forgets right they're very intelligent you know creatures and and so to look at an elephant and and put it through the lens of holy shit what if at one point it was humanoid kind of like this and over millions and billions of years it it just kind of the skin like fell down over its eyes you know what i mean wrinkled mm-hmm. up on it turned gray and sunproof right like yes there are some pink elephants or whatever but pretty much developed its its own way of kind of shielding itself from the elements and eating with its trunk which is a distended lower lip in this picture but i think in a in an elephant it's more like an entire sinus well so, yeah their nose so would be crazy. melting into their trunk and 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 it even says here that these are the smartest of these subhumans so this is the smartest out of all these creatures here this titan so yeah i mean you're right uh, you know a titan never forgets and apparently you know obviously they're they're very similar to to the elephants that's a good observation actually this is really interesting too this predators and prey concept because obviously it's very real in the real world but these are humanoids still right yeah yeah and, and you throw back this... to the island of dr moreau you know exactly you, you've got this situation where or dr moreau or the q came and fucking made his own island was like okay look we need panther people you know or jaguar people but then uh on the flip side we need these grazing creatures also you know because you have to fit these ecological niches um you know, with these creatures in order for like a coherent system to develop. Right. And if, if you, if you come to the planet, wipe everything out that was already God given in here yeah. and then re-implement all these things with the basis of humanity, <laughs> which is, is super crazy. Um, Cause it seems like they're trying to do the opposite to us now um, kind of refuse us back into one, one kind of a, a being, you know, um, while at the same time like destroying our our social structures and everything i'm not sure what these evil fucks are up to right now i'll just let that slide but until then to focus on things like this and and learn more about myself and maybe my fellow man is awesome because we got people out there you seen them at the grocery store eating the grapes before they paid for them you got the fucking grazers you know what i mean and then you got the predators which is the fucking manager come over and yell at you and take him you know take you into his office and yell at you and give you a ticket right so you have these predator and prey dynamic everywhere you go. Um, and, uh, you know, we see a lot of it in, in authority figures will more often than not have a very 
<laughs> predator feel to them you know <laughs> yeah and uh and then you have people like like these mantelopes which which is interesting um weird in, weird in its, deal in, its own, in its own right um you know and it talks about these mantelopes uh still had human minds yeah that's a good one right there these things still had human minds this is like a giraffe or, or something right yeah so they still had human minds even though they were reverted to this form and so they wandered around the plains and and sang songs of of agony you know like uh i'd imagine or something like that so so they're out there just super depressed wallowing around all the time you know just kind of going through the motions but because their bodies don't allow them to create anything uh you know it was just a painful experience so over time you know um evolution favors functionality not necessarily spirituality right or or not necessarily intellect It'll it'll favor you know a less intellectual mantelope than a more intellectual sad mantelope. So yeah, so, well, so, so you know, and, and there's there's a lot of to... that in our society. Like you know, a lot of people are not equipped. Were um, these things unable to breed? Um, no, the I guess at some point they they did start interbreeding. Okay. Um, and but what happened was as they interbred they they slowly but surely kind of lost their sense of self you know and then and then basically became livestock they became the animals they were meant to replace you know um, this is crazy right here a dim-witted half-minded mantelope grew up faster than a smart one mm-hmm. mm. and grazed just as efficiently so so you know evolution would favor the the, the less consciously aware one right and we yeah. see a lot of lot of creatures deer antelopes you know when you see them running in herds they've abandoned their <laughs> it's weird to talk like this but they've abandoned their humanity yeah it, uh, for a herd mentality right and and we see a, a lot of like assimilation of groups of creatures on our planet that are very similar to something like this well um, think about the freaking people that are really making a killing in like the podcast world i'm i'm talking about like not like joe rogan but like your tiktok stars and your vine star type types right these people don't have a thought in their head they're just out there dancing they're like i bought a golden toilet i'm going to show you what it looks like and then they're getting like a millions and millions yeah of views. yeah 100 so so yeah evolution is favoring these people and yeah um and and that's not necessarily a bad thing and that's not like a derogatory thing to youtubers and whatever everywhere i mean shit this is gonna be on youtube so i can't hate too hard well but, i can um, but- i will yeah <laughs> but i think that like this kind of stuff there's more deep like you know the the thought-provoking things i think are much more important than like you know like uh tim dylan has this bit where he's like you know it's like a a freaking you know tiktok stars are like we're gonna give my grandma covid19 today and it's like that's like the whole skit that they do it's just like it's like everyday life that's it a 30 a 30 second um spiel and and that's that's like that vicarious uh reach for people right they're vicariously reaching for something resembling a life the and, kardashians um, really did that <laughs> like they yeah. really did it wasn't about like how Jim interesting you were. Also. yeah i mean a lot of people that have done that Jersey over time Shore. i think the kardashians really kind of did it the the best they took it from one you know I- instead of having talent instead of being able to do something unique oh 100 yeah you're that, just re- getting access to someone's life yeah, exactly. And and it's it's all just because like so many people have been like buttoned off 
from society or like secluded in their little apartment doing their nine to five in a cubicle nowadays nowadays working from home and all that stuff so so a lot of these a lot of these creatures (laughs) these these uh mantelopes you know that are just grazers they just hit the grocery store every day after work graze their food up go home make it procreate maybe go to sleep get ready and do the same thing again the next day so effectively there's a lot of people that are sheeple that are like these mantelopes you know what i mean that have you know, maybe long ago they did abandon their humanity and slowly but surely we're kind of re-evolving back. Now, this is super interesting. Um, While you talk about this, I'm going to go take a piss real quick. For sure. For sure. Uh, So right now we're looking at this, this rendition of, of a doll. It's like a dolphin person, right? Um, It's the aquatic uh, kind of species that, that uh, these, um, these Q created to like, inhabit the oceans and everything uh the weird thing about this to me is you see some references like when you if you watch gaia or um these type of like fringe uh you know videos and stuff um talking about like the telepathic and empathetic nature of dolphins and how these creatures can heal people and um speak with people like mind to mind there are reports of people uh communicating with dolphins out in the ocean um you know there are believe it or not like in flipper where flipper saves you know the little kid from from a shark by punching it in the in the gills with its snout so there's like that that demonstrated intelligence there right and um it it really throws me for a loop to see this the swimmers in this book because you know this speaks to that concept that these dolphins um these porpoises these these other very social mammals of the ocean um seem to have some form of humanity to them even to this day so yeah even to this in, in this time of day in this day and time you still have a reference to dolphins as the second you know the other smart being on the planet like you know what I mean? Like, uh, whales and and mammals, giant, large mammals, supposedly are some of the smartest and most empathetic creatures. So, you know, they still have this kind of a level of humanity to them, even as we know them now. Like, you know, um, I mean, shit, they play with us in these in these fucking sea worlds and all this stuff. Um, and you know, and I'd imagine if there wasn't some form of uh, humanity, whether you wanted look at it like humanity of a dog or humanity of a dolphin um to be willing to cooperate like that is kind of in my opinion that's a very human thing um you know to cooperate with another species you know I yeah think i mean it takes probably takes training or you know what we would call training for an animal it's really just conditioning i mean humans are conditioned to do certain things too but yeah but man there are some right. animals there are some creatures like look at a shark there's you don't see humanity in a shark Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, For the most part, there are, you know, um, maternal aspects that are like similar, you know, to a mother of a person, but, um, but not so much, you know, what's behind the eyes, like a lot of people will will suggest and, and say and speak out about when like, they go swimming with the dolphins or, you know, that there is a vibe these creatures give off like, like, you know, you're aware that they're there, they're aware that you are. like you look them in the face and they look back at you and you don't see like an emptiness. It's not just big black eyes, like a shark, <laughs> you know, like a shark just got those big, 
you know, kind of just almost soulless black eyes. And, and I think like our livestock, it has a very similar kind of feel to it at a certain degree. Like um, if you've ever been around cattle and, and stuff, the weird thing is it's not so much pigs. Yeah. Pigs I was going to say pigs, pigs don't have that, that, <laughs> that vibe to them. Like cattle do not so much, not to me, everybody's got a different feeling, you know, yeah. when it comes to that, but um, pigs are very reminiscent of people. If you've ever held the little baby pig, dude, they are so damn cute. And it's like, dude, I, I makes me not want to eat pork products, especially like in Iowa here, they're all, all over the place. Right. So you've got like trucks driving around with (laughs) truckloads of baby pigs and it's like, oh dude. And, and you just know where they're going or, or they're, they're usually going to a different farm from like a birthing place, uh, when they're that little, but, (laughs) but yeah. So, um, so that's how they make bacon bits. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah and then i freeze dry them and shove them in a little thing <laughs> no oh, yeah dude, it, it is sad dude but so like and and i think most people can can admit to seeing some humanity in in creatures and along with the swimmers and that would include things like manatees and and manatees have always to me seemed not only out of place but very very human and and like from what i understand they're very loving they're always wanting to come up to boats and see what the fuck the people are up to so you know imagine if you were a human from the past got turned into a fucking manatee and there have been stories through your manatee line right about being human in the past and being one of these things that walked up on land and had all this cool stuff going you know for you because you just kept your consciousness your language changes you know the way you behave changes but there's still that underlying consciousness that you're able to communicate with your fellow manatees, but maybe not the humans up there. So you go and fucking swim up to their boat, get all chopped up by their propeller and shit yeah. and keep doing it over and over again. Cause all you want to do is be back with your fucking people. <laughs> well, dude, I saw this really insane video a while ago, um, a seal running away from a killer whale and he jumped up on a fisher's boat because he felt more safe on the damn boat with these people than he did yeah. in the ocean with the whale trying to kill. Him. And it makes sense when you're being hunted down but it was just it, it lends credence to that idea that you're throwing out there, dude. But uh, well, what yeah, about these I mean, lizard herders here? This this is pretty wild because they they have two different forms of like like these lizard type things and you know beings creatures in here. They have the lizard herders, which were you know like the slave driver of the lizards. Like so, I guess maybe some of the lizard the actual reptiles were were you know all brawn maybe and not not brain and they, maybe these lizard herders were more brain less brawn so they were able to kind of dictate what the the other primitive um you know lizards uh, were up to or something um and, and it's it's really crazy um because later it, it looks like it, the lizards started really kind of uh taking over with the humans because of the climate right i mean that's at least what this guy says he says like you know the humans and the lizards were pretty darn even and then because of the climate, the lizards started overpowering the humans. And right, we hear right. that a lot in the conspiracy world today, that these are lizard people that run us and shit. It's crazy. Right. And the crazy thing about that is, is think about lizards, right? Lizards are, uh, you know, in most cases, cold blooded. So they would have to exist to exist on a surface. And in some capacity, they would have to have a certain temperature. So a lot of the time people look at it as, OK, then it makes sense that they might live in the earth where it's hotter down there, right? Um, because they're cold-blooded. They, they're uh, ectothermic, I think that's the word, um, where they draw the, the heat energy in from outside of them. 
in order to process like their food and stuff to, to have that energy. Like, whereas we typically gain it from like a chemical, you know, um, or sometimes like vitamin D is a catalyst yeah. for us to digest things and that's through sunlight. So these, these lizard things may have, um, you know, we have this ice age in the, in the 10,000 year past or something. Right. So maybe these things took off underground and through like a, a proxy uh, or the royal family, <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of took charge of uh, of the the uh, top world, where maybe they mm. don't they don't get along so well. So they have us dig all these fucking tunnels, and <laughs> you know what I mean? All this other crazy underground stuff. Or and, the worm people would be doing that, right? Right, dude. And and see, like that's why uh, when it talks about worm people, and you and you hear about things like sandworms, like in Dune, or um like in Beetlejuice, especially there's a lot of Beetlejuice that screams some of this art <laughs> in here, but um, you know, you have these sandworms like brought up from time to time. And I really feel like ideas as they're presented have to come from somewhere like uh, inspiration. Yes. Is a, like a divine thing that comes from God or, you know, is, is like a personal thing, but I think there's a lot more to it, like in a metaphysical kind of way where, um, when you're imagining things, you're, you're actually drawing from somewhere, you know, you're, you're pulling in this information from somewhere, whether it's, um, you know, from deep inside of your own, like psyche from memories or not, it still is outside of you in this energetic field that each of us has, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, so that's crazy, but, um, there, uh, these lizard herders, the, it's crazy. Cause they called them lizard herders. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe these were the ones that were like kind of bitch slapping the dinosaurs around and getting them to work for them or whatever, because there's evidence of humanoids and dinosaurs living, you know, cohesively in the past, supposedly. Um, so another note about this author, uh, Kozman, is he's also the uh, the author and like illustrator in, in corrab- corroboration with others uh, having to do with dinosaurs, which is is very interesting. Um, because when you have somebody working on sci-fi, quote unquote, as this is, and then on the other side of it, they're, they're working with the mainstream to create this dinosaur narrative. Um, you know, we all try to find balance in certain ways in our lives. And perhaps if you're putting out information that's, you know, predominantly garbage on one side, maybe you have to make up for it, you know, balance your karma out. Not to say that dinosaurs are right or this is is closer to right. I think it could be a, a mixture of both, um, you know, which speaks to all ideas just being a small part of the the collective uh, that is this realm, which is pretty awesome. And uh, that that also leads to more random shit coming out of my mouth because it, it all like we've all been separated so heavily and segregated from each other and like each from from the other's ideas for so long um that i think it's it's definitely high time to pull a lot of this stuff back in own a lot of this stuff and and fuck it run with it you know what i mean like what what can you get out of it like like this you've got these um the tempters dude these are weird i like these and and it's kind of like a it's almost like like a humanoid kind of insect this is the queen here in the middle um that's anchored that's anchored into the ground and uh She's got her little males that run around and do her bidding, um, kind of similar to like termites. Um, and, and it's really strange because termites have a different look to them. If you've ever seen a termite up close, they have a different kind of insectoid look. 
<laughs> you know, they're they're like they're pale. They're they're like almost albino kind of color. Um, and the same thing about like moles are also an albino kind of color. This is very reminiscent of a mole. Um, I don't know that moles work in in you know uh, social groups like this, <laughs> but they definitely dig into the ground and reside in the ground. So. Well, and these supposedly the females were the ones in charge of these societies, and then the males just did everything for the females. And if they did want to mate with the female, the male, this little guy, would jump into this, and it would the the female, the the larger creature, would decide if it wanted to mate or just eat it, and it would eat yeah. it out of this this thing. So, <laughs> dude, this it. reminds me honestly of like you know, have you ever seen like how many like skinny black dudes love fat white chicks? <laughs> i love it that's yes. what this is dude holy shit dude that's 100 <laughs> percent. and see like i you know i honestly i didn't know yesterday when i was like hey let's look into this just how how many like deep little corners of humanity these all play into and that's perfect because yeah it kind of does you know <laughs> it kind of does look that way dude yeah they love to jump in that giant white vagina dude yeah there's you something know? about it and then this one looks like it needs to shave if you see that i don't know if that's part of the ground or no that's that's definitely not part of the ground <laughs> not from my point of view yeah i don't know dude it's just crazy but, it's no, but yeah it's fascinating and uh yeah so so whether you want to look at it like these were directly related we are related to these directly in some way or you want to look at it like think of different types of people um and and especially with something like like this bone crusher right when think of like neanderthals mm-hmm. um you know uh they basically are uh corpse eating primitives right and you think about um how a lot of people talk about meat being like a degradation to your humanity like you eat meat and it just rots in your guts and blah 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 but like Dude, if if we are some form of a relative of this type of an entity or creature, um, perhaps eating meat is in our past, our distant past. You know what I mean? And we just still hold on to it because it's fucking delicious. And, uh... Did you notice this here, Randy, where, I mean, look at this thing's mouth. I, I don't think. Yeah, it's like a beak. He... Yeah, well, I mean, his there's something in his mouth, so that's his mouth right there. There's something. And this is in this it. is uh like the jaw here, um, and it's it's like a carry-on uh, bird, like a like a, a crow or a vulture. It's uh, they the have that thing. sharp sharp beak. Um, it, it, yeah, it's crazy. It's, I think it's it's supposed to be more like a beak type of a situation there, like whereas maybe we've evolved teeth, individual teeth. You know, if you go back far enough, perhaps it's a big tooth like you see the birds have um, gotcha um and and being that these things are eating rotting flesh um kind of similar to a crow like i was saying or a vulture um and and their their flesh rots in their bellies or whatever um so you know they're they were a very very like hardy breed it says here you know what i mean um yeah so, nine feet you know, tall i mean big giant aggressive people Yes. <laughs> and we've got those too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's the crazy thing. A creature could feed on putrefying meat, stink like a grave and express its affection by get this defecating on others. Yes. I remember <laughs> now. Might, this but is but how it might as well be your own grandchild and the last hope of mankind. Yes. So like termites use uh, chemicals, right? And uh, rats. Or, and rats too. They love to shit all around all their friends. <laughs> they yes. communicate with shit and piss. Yes. That's crazy. So, Dude, so, you know, this was one of my favorites here, Randy. 
yes. the colonials. This seems terrifying. I feel so bad for these things. And you know that there are people out here like this. These are like what we would call the NPCs, right? These this this quilt of subhumans that's just permanently stuck together and they laid in fields. So these things are fully conscious, but they don't move. They can't they can't yes, do anything as, on their and own. This They're, is as a cruel joke. Uh, yeah. you know, these Q turned these 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 beings into like individual cells basically and um the crazy thing about these colonials is if you um look at today's human for example um we are a compilation of many specialized cells that all work together to keep us alive and that's kind of what these colonials are doing is they're working together to process what could otherwise be considered waste products and use them for energy for themselves. So like a blanket or, excuse me, or a quilt, they would just lay in, in fields and soak up this whatever gunk that was the ground at that time and, and feed off of that. Um, so that's pretty interesting because, um, you know, unlike the breatharians that maybe lived uh, on this realm at one point, we consume chemicals to, uh, to exist you know um so and, and we know that our skin is one big organ and our each of our organs have specialized cells that do just that job so um this Dude, is perfect. kind of a, also an aspect of humanity which is is crazy that's why the uh wow yeah <laughs> for 40 million years they suffered generation after generation were born into the most miserable of lives while absorbing the pain of all they were going through so constantly hungry, constantly scared, constantly in pain. These things are just stuck. And I feel that there that are 40, bloodlines that, that are number going 40, through this. That number 40 really speaks to me, too. You have the, you know, the, um, the Jews wandering in the desert for 40 years, right? You, you, have, oh. you have these different things in, in, in our, our histories that, that kind of speak to that number 40. So it's, um, it's kind of crazy uh, <laughs> to, to see that and just to notice that. So just putting that out there. But yeah, doesn't um, the Bible say 40 days and the 40 days means 40 years? Uh, well, 40 days was the, or 40 days and nights was the flood. 40 years was the wandering in the desert. Okay. So there's, there's a lot of this throwback to this, this 40, number 40, 40. 40. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, so, um, flyers. But yeah, so you've got them. Yes. The flyers. And, you know, you call these like the, the pterodactyls, right? Like we're used to seeing them with a dinosaur head. <laughs> right but we only know the the skeletons that they've shown us but the skeletons are remarkably close to this mm -hmm. you know through a slightly different lens or a different concept you could end up with this uh after you know or like like in beetlejuice like i was talking about earlier where they stretch their their heads out when they go to the netherworld and they look yeah. all like birdly um so that that really kind of stood out but yeah these are flyers and they gave up um, they didn't have to give up their humanity for the power of flight because they had a, a heart that was shaped like a starfish and would pump their their blood and, and all their nutrients effectively through their through their body. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, they had a unique turbine like heart uh, artificially developed during the regime of Q. So perhaps these things, um, maybe that's part of why they eventually died out was they didn't have these Q overlords there to, to consistently, you know, maintain and modify their, their genetic structure. But um, yeah, starfish shaped organ set in the middle of the chest, uh, fun funneling oxygen to the lungs and bloodstream. And um, 
So, what so do you think that this up. has to do with QAnon? I gotta ask you at this point. That's that's the crazy thing is I'm trying to figure figure that out. Like, I, I wonder though, um, like Q in this is is that force of chaos, right? Yeah. And and QAnon, you have this chaos magic element to it. Um, you have this, uh, you know, Pepe the Frog kind of chaos magic situation going around this Q thing. Um, I think a lot of it was to uh, just distract and and like kind of break people apart. Still, again, you have this recurring theme when it comes to Q uh, of of fracturing social, you know, social uh, structures. And well, Steve um, Bannon said straight up that Donald Trump was an agent of chaos and he was a man of time. He was meant to bring humankind as a whole, not just in the country, but, you know, there's the gold age, silver age, bronze or copper age, and then the dark age, depending on, on what you call that third age. We're supposedly in the copper or bronze age. And to avoid going to the dark age, we're supposed to go back to the silver age. So it's interesting. I, I've talked about this a few times on my show, but the gold age is the age of religion. Silver is the age of military copper or bronze is the age of the merchant and then the dark age is the age of the slave so we're clearly in the age of the merchant right now some people are dumb and they'll say no we're in the age of the slave it's like no dude things can get so much worse you know we're in the age of the merchant the merchants amazon tesla google these companies are more powerful than your government (coughs) is that's the idea in the silver age around world war ii and so on World War One, World War Two. The military was stronger than the governments, right? These these were the people enacting everything. And in the Golden Age, you know, years and and generations before World War One and World War Two, you have the the churches being the most powerful structures of society. So, um, yeah. So it's yeah. It's gonna and, be and interesting, in order to man. prevent, in order to prevent that dawn of the slaves, right? Um, the, the, yeah, yeah. They, they they do call it the Dark Age. Um, but you can look at it in a different way too. Um, what they tell us was the dark ages in the past. We're finding out more and more that this was like an, a Renaissance era. You know what I mean? That there was this, this um, Renaissance of the people back in these supposed dark ages um, where we have like the technology that we're starting to become privy to of like the 16 and 1700s airships. A lot of steampunk type stuff is, um, you know, coming up when it comes to the past, the yeah. that time period that these these societies, these groups will have us believe was like a dark age. So to prevent the slaves or, you know, people like us from uh, taking over, essentially, uh, you have your agent of chaos, right? Your Q, your, your Donald Trump to kind of try to push it backwards. But, you know, I'm a firm believer in the cyclical nature of time. And, and I don't think there is going back. You know, um, there's definitely like a grat, like a reaching and a grasping for some kind of power right now. And I know everybody can kind of relate and see that going on. You know, the changing, constant changing of the narrative to manipulate perception and and so on is is really like upticked a lot in the last couple of few years. Um, so yeah, maybe it's to prevent this um, this renaissance, if you are, or this dark age, however you know you want to call it, depending on your status in society seems to dictate you know how people look at that particular you know period in time um so it's it's very interesting uh that that we have this q element this agent of chaos 
you know, and then we have, we have some creatures that were post-humans like, like these hand flappers here. Um, their wings once used for butterfly-like flutters in the unearthly gardens of Kew <laughs> had shrunken and reverted back to manual conditions. So um, think of like, I don't know, uh, all these birds and stuff that are useless flappers out there in the world. <laughs> and then we have people that are just useless flappers out there in the world doing their choreography, right. <laughs> you know, doing their, their dancing on MTV, their, their sexual prowess kind of acts. And uh, that's exactly. And basically all that these hand flappers were able to do was demonstrate their sexual prowess through well, demonstrations yeah, dude, this this reminds me straight up of something, you know, this may not be something that's a popular thought, but it reminds me of people that are just not good at anything. And like, they're almost a waste of space. And there is such a thing. I'm not one of these people that's like, everyone has a purpose. There are some people out there that, you know, whether it's their their own fault or whatever, they just can't do anything like they, they can't do anything right. And I'm not saying that anyone should really get upset with themselves if they can't do it. Just fucking figure it out. You know what I mean? There's people out there that just don't even try, it seems. And I think that this is what this is, is the, these hand flappers. That's that very well could be. Um, it also kind of is reminiscent of like some of these tribal uh, groups of people. Um, you know, when you, you look at Discovery Channel and you see like these Amazonian tribal groups um, and really all they do is forage and and maybe a little bit of hunting and just a lot of procreation you know what i mean like that's their their only focus and they're happy plenty happy to be those those people those groups you know and um and yeah so they don't they don't advance technologically yeah. you know they don't they don't advance you know really very far in their tool making and stuff you know these are some creatures that that maybe still uh, do not use tools. There are still humans on this planet that, you know, in their social groups do not use tools. They just use things as nature presents them, which these, these creatures here would most likely have to do also because, uh, you know, and you see these dances that a lot of these tribes do a lot of these um, coming of age kind of things is very reminiscent of these like hand flappers. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And you know, if you had a, if you had a ball sack like that, Randy, I mean, Dude, you wouldn't try it, with anything. No, <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Well, no. And, yeah. like you know, again, you know, this is I've heard comedians talking about how, like, there's like these surfer type dudes that just don't give a shit about anything other than just like getting out there. And they've got like five years of good life. You know what I mean? When they're still attractive, when they're still fit. And then like they're, you know, as a kid, they didn't have much going on as as an older adult. They don't have anything going on either. So like. There's just something to be said about these these individuals that just don't try at all with anything. I think that that's what but those they're perfectly are. happy to do that. They're perfectly yeah. OK with that. So it's like almost like they evolved <laughs> into that niche, yeah. you know, from somewhere. And so that definitely speaks to it. Um, and then, yeah, you have the blind folk, right? Like, so when these are Q interesting, came, too. Yes. When these Q came, they dug in deep, you know, underground to, to escape. And um, this reminds me a lot of like the tales of goblins. And, um, you know, like the mountain folk, um, there's a lot of like tales like this in the Appalachia uh, of these these entities or these creatures that live in the cave systems or in the dark, you know. Um, and, and it's it's just wild because like they have these these bigger ears or they're, they're maybe blind. Uh, we see some of these traits in bats, um, you know, bats are also mammals. So that's pretty interesting. 
Um, well, moles too, right? I mean, moles don't even really have eyes, I don't think. Uh, yeah, they, I don't think they, they really do. Not not in the sense that we do. They, they primarily go off of like vibrations yeah. uh, in the earth. So, so that evolved from somewhere, whether it evolved from, you know, a single cell and then a, an amoeba and then, you know, so on and so forth, or whether it's a reverse situation, kind of like this, this lore suggests. Um, and, you know, hopefully people will understand and, and be understanding about these concepts are, are not a finite this is listed as a fiction. You know what I mean? It's just a story. What you do with these stories, you know, dictates, you know, where, where you go in your life. Kind of the same as what we do with our histories um, yep. will dictate where we go. So, you know, you can kind of hopefully people could take this with a grain of salt and just see that a lot of people have traits. Um, you know, like I was kind of explaining to you earlier, you ever seen that person, a certain person walking, walking around or at the store and you're like, well, that's a really, really mousy looking chick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) and so, uh, you know, what if, you know, throw back all the way back into the past, you have these, these situations It very well could be, it's an interesting way to look at it. And this is super interesting to me. I think we've all kind of seen what a flounder or a halibut looks like. Um, and be, and that's because they live at the bottom of the ocean where the press, the pressure is, you know, substantial. So they can't grow up. They, they kind of grow out and that's where these lopsiders here uh, kind of came into, into play. Um, we see a lot of deep sea like fish, weird, weird skeletal structures. We have the angler fish that has a similar kind of thing on its head, you know, the kind of, it tempts the prey with its little dangly, <laughs> you know, and then eats them. So yeah. it's very, very reminiscent of this here. Um, and then, I mean, then we've got some people that, that hang out in their homes and and become, you know, massive uh bedlocked people <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean and they just kind of scoop the food and and poop it out and that's about it so we we have a lot of these a lot of you know similar situations in sure humanity do. as we know it now and um you, you know you can even notice here randy the spine's crooked yes and we have what scoliosis uh in, in some people and a, a little lot of scoliosis at play here <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> So yeah, so moving on here to to the striders. These were um, cool too. They grew up on a planet with little gravity in the beginning, and this is why they got so tall, but because they're there there was no gravity or little gravity, their bones are very brittle. So they would fall over, and even if this thing were just to trip on its own power, it would like just die because it, you know, think of that movie with Samuel Jackson where he's got glass bones. Yes. That's what this thing is. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And the crazy thing is, is like you look at this and you see a very similar nature to like the Brontosaurus, yeah, you know, or these, these yeah, yeah, giant yeah. giant creatures of of our Earth's distant past. You know, we are we are told that they stand a certain way based on somebody putting a skeleton together. Um, but if you look at this this picture here, and you can kind of just imagine this thing laying down on all fours, you would have a very similar kind of profile to yeah, what we definitely. would consider as a dinosaur. And it's interesting that this, this author, this writer uh, also does work um, about like illustrating, uh, you know, what we consider dinosaurs and prehistoric creatures also. So that's that in itself just, just kind of speaks to me, um, you know, and others can kind of make of it what they will, but, um, and we, you know, we have people that, that develop these diseases like that, that movie um, glass, uh, where where their bones are are incredibly brittle, and these, we are told that these are uh, genetic defects. But what if they're just remnants? You know what I mean? Just genetic remnants of past 
uh, species, kind of like these. Now, it, this is really super interesting. You have the parasites, right? Um, on this world, they they uh, broke down into separate lineages. Um, one was like they were like crippled, so they were essentially unable to move and things on their own. And then the, on the other side of this, you had the host parasites. So so they they kind of work together, um, you know, to survive. And uh, we also have a lot of this going on in the world today. You have, of course. you have people that are lesser, uh, you know, in a manner of speaking, they're lesser people. Um, they're ambulatory vampires. You know, they're not capable of creating or doing on their own. Um, people can call these lizard people or parasites, um, but it's still kind of the same situation here. I um, felt like this was a like dysfunctional relationship type of a person. Someone that's like just like perpetually in dysfunctional relationships. Yes, yes. And, and, or just, you know, gravitates like there are people that are the host uh, mentality, you know, they'll gravitate towards having these parasites in their life. And there are people of, of the parasite kind of category that um, seek out their prey or their hosts. You yeah. know, so there's definitely, and yeah, dysfunctional relationships, um, very, very similar to what we have going on here with these these parasite uh, entities or creatures. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. We got to try and rifle through these. If we got to do a part two, I'm also down to do that, man. This is yeah, I, these I think are we really probably should because this these are all just the first uh, subset of subhumans, and it goes on from here, and they evolve. So kind of like Pokemon, you have that evolution, yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of that that happens with within this story. So we probably will have to do a second one of just the evolutions and, and, you know, and see how that kind of ties into also what, what we see in the world today. So well, and in the presentation here or in the, in the uh, book itself, we're just about halfway through. So after a couple more, we, it may be a perfect time to wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, and then we'll do we can that. Revisit. We definitely we'll do, do a part two. Um, it's definitely worth the time and effort to go through and kind of bring this, this way of thinking to light because, yeah. You know, I, th I think we all kind of have to learn to reflect through other people, um, to use others as a sounding board to better know ourselves and through stories um, like this and folklore, we're able to kind of more successfully uh, attain that, you know, um, if you're so busy looking through the lens that we're provided through media and, and, um, you know, the tales were given on the history channel or whatever, you're only going to ever see yourself through one specific point of view, you know, and, um, you know, a lot of people through the point of view of media and everything we're provided um, aren't able to find themselves, you know, they're not able to, uh, to reflect effectively, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's awesome to have fictions and stories like this to be able to kind of relate to. And this is super interesting here. You have these, these finger fishers, <laughs> and and on this realm or in this world it's just like an inland sea you know a very shallow sea with lots of sea life and everything so these things over time developed these these long fingers an interesting thing about these little hook things here on their fingers is if you ever seen jurassic park you have the velociraptors and they yeah. have this this kind of hook uh this hook uh mechanism on their on their claws so i think that that's very interesting i'm not sure what to read into that but it's pretty cool um, so, so yeah, so these things were just like a peaceful kind of fisherman. And if you've known the past, the fishermen of humanity, uh, like in Jesus time, were very peaceful people, you know, they're just fish and be merry. <laughs> like that's what these particular, you know, beings 
left here. Um, but it, it does seem that that somewhere along the line, these these Q, this agent of chaos, uh, kind of made it difficult for any of these one species to relate to each other because they spread them out, uh, whether it's through time or on different realms or worlds, uh, you know, remains yet to be seen. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we had a period of time in the past where people were pretty much just fisher people. And, um, you know, that's what they did. Uh, we're not in that time anymore. It's kind of a time of of use and abuse on this planet, but maybe at some point we're in a peaceful existence with each other and uh, we're all just fishermen, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's interesting too. It says that it, it adapted very sharp teeth over time. So it's like, I wonder if the piece wasn't cutting it and it had to get a little violent. It had to adopt some sharp teeth and, and, you know, it went from being this soft sort of passive living off the land. Uh, you know, there's plenty of, of stuff, you know, that mentality of abundance, but then for some reason they had to change that. And this is why they grew the sharp teeth. Yeah, it could very well be, or the the creatures that they were fishing, you know, developed some form of a, of a defense. Sure. Um, and, and the crazy thing is, is, you know, like we were talking about the predators and the prey when it comes to humans, um, you know, that may, may very well be, this can all be like the lens to, to see ourselves, which is, is super awesome. But this is super interesting. These are called the hedonist. And um, basically their existence uh, was, they, they lived on a, a fantastic garden planet, right? Um, they loved having sex. That was that's all it, it was about. Yeah, dude, it was all about just getting some, right? So um, with without any point in uh, sexual competition, their their uh, natural suggestion uh, selection would uh, proceed at a very slow pace. But these creatures uh, would just have to have to fuck so many times <laughs> to to become impregnated that that was kind of just the gist of their society was almost a, a weird kind of Roman esque kind of feel. Yeah. At the end of, of Rome, right? About, yeah, you see a lot of movies about Rome and the fall of Rome and you know, these, these hedonists, and this is exactly what, what we have there as a demonstration of hedonism. You know, um, a lot of people relate that to like Sodom and Gomorrah. You have these hedonistic kind of tendencies. And um, so we see that here. And the weird thing is, is it's demonstrated in a creature that has the legs of a chicken, which if you, if you scroll down a little bit more there, um, yes, they have like these chickeny legs, you know, and, and what do we call, what do we call uh, the hoe in the hood anymore, right? Chicken head. So, yeah. so it's like, it's very interesting to see this, this chicken trait here. Um, but it's also interesting to note that this resembles a, like a Japanese person. And, um, you know, if you, yeah, maybe I it's just the that. hair, maybe it's just the hair, you know, the kind of Japanese crazy ring looking hair. And, uh, but, you know, if you know anything about the Japanese, they're all about their, their sexual uh, nature, right? They like, are I mean, very weird too. They're all about kinks. Yes. So, so this is also kind of speaks to this form of, of, you know, reality. You see like the tailbone situation here. That's weird, dude. It looks like a chicken (laughs) tail or a turkey tail or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it's also strange that we as humans have this remnant of a tail. Yeah. You know, Um, but yeah, these, these pictures always remind me of like Beetlejuice, you know, for some reason of the, well, that one really does look like that, Randy. It it looks exactly like, you know, and and, then what's interesting about these things too, is they, they liked having sex so much and trying to breed that they didn't have like a thought in their head from what I understand. Like they were just strictly their life was about sex. That's all that it was. So I, I mean, clearly there are people out there like that. You know what I mean? 
Um, and it's not the porn stars of the world. Those people are business people. I've come to find this to be very true that usually oftentimes it's not someone that's really ugly and it's not someone that's really attractive. That's your average sex addict. You get a lot of people that are just painfully average that are sex addicts. And I feel like that's what this is. And that leads into that whole idea where like, if you really don't have anything else going on, you may gravitate towards nothing but sex. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I I often wonder, you know, like when we, uh, prior to like engaging in this experience, uh, you know, do we sit down and like some people suggest have a soul contract and basically pick our attributes kind of like in an RPG game, (laughs) you know, you can pick your species and your attributes your strengths and your weaknesses prior to diving in. And then, you know, once we dive in, we get amnesia or whatever. And so we have these like innate kind of parts of our personality. Um, You know, some people have a fucking 12 inch dick and, you know, that's all that they do with their life. Uh, Other people, and it's believed in India. It's, it's kind of interesting that their belief is that generally speaking, the smaller a man's penis is the more successful he is. So I can see that. So, you know, there's, there's that, that kind of, um, interesting duality here where you have these these of great sexual prowess and nothing else um and then you have you know people that are are closer to like the um the spacers uh, or these giant brained people or entities that um that that's all they have is their mind you know so it, it again every little aspect of this book kind of speaks to a certain whether a certain type of people or a certain uh, characteristic of each of ourselves at a certain time in our lives. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I oftentimes blame my lack of success for the size of my schlong. That's a it's a good thing that you said that. You know, it makes me feel more normal. <laughs> right on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but totally yeah, kidding. 100%. So yeah, but I think that this is actually a great spot to leave off on because, like I said, we're about halfway through, and then we can come back. We can revisit these uh, these different creatures. I'll give a preview of some of these other things. I mean, just a, a really fun. I mean, this kind of looks like a uh, golem from, from yeah, Lord of the Rings. This is one that 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 eats insects. This is the spacers, yeah. Right here, so we yeah, got a lot gonna, of different creatures. To look into. I'm looking forward to getting into the ruin haunters. It speaks a lot to our society now. Um, so yeah, there's the snake people. You know, we've got these weird underground tunnels that are made of brick and they're perfectly round all over the earth. So, there's that Velociraptor know. claw you were talking about. Yes, That's yes. Awesome. So, so it's very interesting. There's a lot of awesome stuff we can dig back into uh, again the next time. So yeah, dude, I'm this stoked. is a blast, Randy. Stoked. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this was real fun, dude. So, I mean, so what? Let's uh, let's plug your stuff again. Again, we'll get back into this into the second half. Um, you know, probably just an episode or two away from right now. And uh, I mean, dude, there's there's a lot more here. I would recommend anyone go check out this dude's work we mentioned it at the beginning i don't know if you remember his name off the top of your head but the book is called all tomorrows yeah cm kozman okay and, so yeah and, uh, you can find the audiobook on youtube um there's also like a condensed version uh that's that's only like 40 or 45 minutes long um and it has all of the pictures of of all of the the critters and and the different aspects or different faces of humanity so yeah. definitely worth looking into and it'll be cool because you know we'll get this one out and people can dig into that and get more of a, a feel for it. And then we can dive into the more complex uh, because they, these creatures, as they evolve, they, they become more complex kind of as we do. So yeah. 
It's weird. Yeah, it seems like they they like when we're seeing all these different creatures, this is like a medium evolutionary stage. You know, they supposedly start from humans and then they they devolve into these different things. And then over time, they turn back into humans, it seems. So it's kind of a fun thing. This was all your idea to talk about this stuff. So I appreciate (laughs) you bringing this, dude. This is a really cool topic. I would have never talked about something like this if it wasn't for for you, Randy. Uh, I appreciate that. And, and yeah, it's just, you know, um, like we kind of touched on in the beginning, I, if I, um, brought the awareness of something and it speaks to me, um, you know, I feel it's, it's my duty to humanity, if you will, to, to put it out there and to help provide different perspectives, uh, for, for folks. Um, because I I've been blessed and fortunate enough to dig my own perceptions, you know, many different ways of, of looking at things out of a lot of fictions um, and a lot of other uh, creative works from people. So to bring this, you know, to the attention of of our sphere of influence, if you will, is is a huge thing. And it's different than all the stuff going on right now. Yeah. Um, but it, it still seems to me, you know, very relevant uh, to the situation of humanity. So you know, it's a different way of looking at things and, and maybe reflecting. And, and I think that that's super important. Yeah, dude, it's relevant and it's fun. It's kind of fun to be like, oh, I know someone that looks like a fucking uh, 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 what you know, one of these freaks. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, everyone knows something that looks like a colonial or or a uh, you know whatever a skinwalker. Like I know a that's parasite. Funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, dude, hundred percent, dude. Yeah, hundred percent. So there's a lot to take away from it, and it's it's a nice vacation from the onslaught of insanity that we're that we're getting from all angles right now <laughs> definitely dude and insane visuals so again thanks randy plug your stuff yeah um i'm random randy you can find me at red thread podcast on uh oh geez spotify podcast addict podbean and uh you can reach me on instagram at random fracts and uh, I appreciate you having me on, Ryan. Uh, this is phenomenal. I'll uh, be plugging this on my feed too. So keep an eye out for it, folks. And, um, you know, come join me over there at Red Thread Podcast. All are welcome. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend you guys go check his show out. He's not on Apple yet. He will be soon. We're trying to work on that. Um, but yeah, I think that you are on Spotify, as you said. That's another big yeah. one. So, dude, yeah, go check this guy's show out. It's all over the place and it's in all over the place in a good way. Um, there is some deep thought. There's some interesting things being thrown around over there. And, uh, dude, you're, you're tied in with like a lot of my friends, dude. So I, I really do appreciate, uh, you know, doing this with me, bringing something new to my attention, to my audience's attention. And, uh, we'll definitely be doing a part two on this whole thing. So you have a good night, Randy and everyone listening. We'll be back here very soon. Well, I hope that you found that stuff interesting. It is a really, really cool book. Again, if you're listening to this at work or on your way into work or on your way home, check out a little bit of the YouTube. Crazy, crazy images. Or if nothing else, go look at these images online of these different creatures. But you'll be uh, hopefully checking out part two of this episode either here on uh, the podcast or over on YouTube, guys. Thanks for your support.